Welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders like you get the knowledge and skills you need to impact more people and live the life you've always wanted. Get ready to experience tools, tips, and advice by the co-founders of Giant and best-selling authors, Jeremy Kubacek and Steve Cockrum. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast. I'm Jeremy Kubacek. As always, Steve Cockrum. What's happening, brother man? Jeremy Kubitschek, good to see you, my friend. Great to be with you yet again. I hear you've been uh, going to yet another um, Hall of Fame level uh, American iconic stadium. Uh, anyone would think you're an American footballer. Well, you know, I I kept looking for my face and my name, but uh, there was one one guy. I went to I went to Green Bay for those who didn't know to Lambeau Field. And for the Green Bay Packers fans in the in the house, that's uh, a it's a big deal. This is a this is a stadium and an ownership. The uh, the individuals own the team, mm-hmm. so it's a really interesting dynamic, right? And it's just a different world. But th- I'm telling you, one of the best stadiums I've ever been in. Wow! Now, it was covered in eight inches of snow because it was a snowstorm, <laughs> freezing cold. But the inside, the I mean, I was so impressed with the Hall of Fame, with with all of it. So, um, yeah, there's Did that. Did you have any cheese curds is the big question. I, you, you would have thought. I kept waiting for, like, <laughs> cheese curds to come out and stuff. And I, I kept waiting for, like, a gift of a cheese hat, you know. <laughs> I didn't get anything. I, I Like, I can't remember any oh. seeing any cheese. You Do you remember that? Do you remember we went to uh, see Andrew Dahl and Scott Coz up in, and I still remember that basically I could not believe they fed us all these cheese curds all night, and yet they're all stick thin and Olympic athletes. I don't know how yeah. they do it. I think they just feed the tourists well, on the cheese curds. No, I actually I know how they do it. They actually do the exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got this, I've got this new watch, whoosh or whoop or something that Scott Coss had, but apparently I've still got to do the exercise to reap the benefits. So I don't... <laughs> it's just revealing. It's just not helpful right now. It's just revealing. Yes, that's awesome. And um, so what were the highlights of your kind of was up in Green Bay, apart from obviously being yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame? Well, so the fun part is I was with Kim Galski and Fritz and the whole uh, Rewired Dynamics team. So in the giant world, for those who don't know, we have we have partners, they're resellers, they're um, guides, and they uh, are some of the most amazing people. And they brought in a fabulous group, and I'm, we had we had tears. We were talking about the whole concept of being a Sherpa and how do you get there and get your mindset to being a Sherpa. And but once you're liberated and once you're free to help people, what does it look like to give yourself away to other people? And it, I'm telling you, we just kept hearing story after story. And one lady in particular was talking about how she's taken Giant into the prison system and the impact it's had with her team and those she's touched. And 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 they're they're just getting started. But just the the spirit of liberation, and mm-hmm. it, it was just. You know, you're like, this is why we do what we do. It was just so encouraging. So, how about you this week? What 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 happened to you? I've been playing golf. No, I'm just... <laughs> oh, I did win the semi final. We're in the final now of the mm-hmm. uh, winter foursome. So we'll see how that goes. Last time we got to the final, we lost. So I'll keep it quiet unless we win. But probably the most highlight of this week was 
occasionally is, you know, I accept invitations to go and work with uh, teams that are not necessarily at the very highest level, mainly because somebody usually reaches out on LinkedIn and said, look, I heard you speak a long time ago. Would you be open to it? So an amazing lady called Anik, who was a contact that met us through Lidos. You know, we spoke at that thing and she was there. And she always vowed that if she ever became a chief people officer somewhere, uh, she would use voices and that she would bring Giant in. And she reached out, um, I think just through the speaking website, and just said, look, you know, would I be available? And I went, heck, let's go. I've got a couple of people I'm apprenticing at the moment, so I thought, great opportunity to take them. This was her new team, 14 HR professionals inside a company, really, you know, proper manufacturing. They They make water pumps that make the sewage systems work. I mean, like unbelievably profitable but let's just say not necessarily the glamour hotels i normally go to and uh anyway we did a whole day i've not done a whole day's training with a group of people in a room for ages but the highlight for me was uh when we've been teaching obviously about the sport challenge matrix and the style of leadership but we actually talked about what were the liberation statements a lot of these people had not been together before there was a lot of hurt from the past and everybody wrote their own liberation statement. We read out the five foundationals and I gave everyone 20 minutes, which is a long time, but I needed a break. And they actually crafted their own personal statements that they wanted everyone in their team to know. Half of them were nurturers. So you can imagine this was not something they were used to doing, but we'd, we'd earned quite a lot of trust by that time of the day. And honestly, I'm not sure there was a dry eye in the room by the end of it as people shared this is if you're going to create an environment for me which is highly supportive highly challenging this is what i want you to know about me so they've agreed they're going to take them away they're going to polish them up a little bit then annex saying she's going to collect them all and they're going to put them on a wall and they're actually going to be there as a permanent reminder that actually that's the culture they want to create in their team so you know wow. that was even i how, cried. How, wow that's like yeah. the only third time yeah on the door <laughs> no, um, if you think about it, steve we have you know we have our normal liberation statements um yeah. how far off were they from those you know I think when they were writing them a lot okay. i think the difference was is if you don't give people something to start with it feels like a really long job to create something out of nothing yeah but when totally. you give people something to start with say hey why don't you take your foundational voice and your second voice and then make it your own it was amazing how many of them, with a little bit of that, then wrote half a page that was deeply moving. So let's do. Let's give an example to our audience here. Give one okay. for you. Let's do the pioneer, and then let's do the connector. Okay. So let's okay. do yours. So this is the foundational one that people build from. So as a pioneer, if you want to be a real liberating influence in my life, what I would say is this: is I need you to respect my competence. Please don't judge me for being competitive and wanting to change the world. Invite me to help solve your problems. I love doing that. Encourage me to dream beyond what anyone else believes is possible. Boom. There you go. All right. So that if if I do the opposite of that, <laughs> then I'm I'm could either be dominating or or I could be keeping you at bay. So to to liberate you, basically saying these are things that would help help me. Right. Yeah. So if you read the connector one. Uh, read, sure. it, read it out loud here because you have those in front of you. So this is Connector. So celebrate life with me and understand that at my best, I don't separate work, rest, and play easily. Regularly ask me what I'm excited about and then let me tell my stories. 
never stop believing in me, appreciate my strategic connections, and encourage me to keep dreaming about changing the world and expanding our influence. There you go. No, that, and, and as we built these years ago, like that, that still resonates as you hear it. I'm like, yeah, it still yeah. Uh, resonates at what's in my mind today. And, and, but you know, I think over time, the more mature you become uh, mm-hmm. with insecure uh, liberation statements are a little different, but at the mm-hmm. core, that's still there. It's really strong. Uh, it's really good. And I think kind of, it, it just inspired me to go, if, if you're, you know, if this is an exercise you can do, anywhere with your family you can do it with your team you can do it with friends and in a sense because the toolkit has those basic statements in you can do the same exercise um and actually it deepens relational trust so obviously in a high performing team we're talking about how do we help us communicate how to help people be heard valued and appreciated but for me that the next stage of how do we create relational trust that psychological safety i couldn't have done that exercise at 10 o'clock in the morning no one was ready for it but by mid-afternoon, when they'd done their voices, they'd done communication code, and they'd really shared, honestly, it was I was like, okay, it wasn't on the curriculum, but I'm going to go for it. And I made the leader go first. Annick went first as the guardian nurturer. And literally, she shed a tear when she said, I want you to know, in all my systems, all my processes, in all my due diligence, I want you to know I really, really care about people, even if you can't see it. And it was like, oh, anyway, there we go. Enough therapy for one day. <laughs> so again, if you're listening, uh, the the thought for Giant, what we're trying to do is we're really unlocking the potential of people. So if to raise up liberators, you have to unlock them. And that means that they have to have trust. You have to know who they are and how to communicate to them. That's why the voices are so important. You have to build um, relational trust so that their walls will come down, their walls of self-preservation, and they'll feel that you're for them and they'll know that you're for them. And when that happens, then they're more apt and open to change. They're they're more apt to self-improvement because they're seeing it in you and they trust that you're fighting for their highest possible good. So that's really good. And so today, we always have a guest. Today, we we have one of those uh, liberators. We have have a true freedom fighter. Um, I'm so super excited for Landon Lynch. Um, So Landon Lynch, how you doing, brother? Good morning, guys. Good to be here. Good to see you. Uh, Landon Lynch is a partner and giant. And for those who don't know, are there there are certain levels in the giant ecosystem? It, it's not really defined uh, much to this point, except for a partner level, which a partner level are those who are kind of building an agency. They're building something with lots of people, uh, bigger than just a individual consultant. And Landon lives in Denver. And he is um, just going for it. He's doing such a good job, just killing it. So uh, welcome to the Giant Leadership Podcast, my friend. That's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, Are you nervous about this? I do not feel excessively nervous around the two of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to see you at the first question, and you uh, you get to take it anywhere you want to go. Um, so what's your, t- explain your journey to 100X, like what's been your personal journey of where you came from in Denver and what you're doing now? Yeah. Um, and so just walk us through how you've gotten to 100X. Well, I think, uh, when I think about journey, I'm thinking about where I started and then how I kind of have moved forward in each of those categories. And so when I think about 
overall health, the, the 100 portion of it. Um, looking back, uh, I helped run nonprofits. I was uh, helping teach regularly in a church setting. And I, looking back, I was realizing for myself, kind of even thinking through this, that I was probably topping out somewhere around 80. Um, I feel like I was, I was hitting in a lot of areas. I was having some impact on people, but there was always this friction, this rub for me getting up and, um, and speaking to big groups. All right. And so some people that's their gig, they speak to big groups for me. Uh, it was not the place that I could facilitate the kind of dialogue and discussion that really gave me a lot of energy. So I would go home, I would speak three times back to back and I would go home exhausted and depleted. And instead of watching football later that afternoon, American football, Steve, but uh, I would sleep through two games um, because it just took so much from me. Um, It felt like it pouring out. Uh, but not a lot was, you know, coming back in through the process. And so I actually began uh, running this side group. We called it Tuesdays in the chapel because we met on Tuesdays in the chapel. I wanted no, you know, no mistakes made. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it was essentially a core group before I knew what core groups were. And, you know, but it was, you know, 50, 60 people or so. And all of my best energy just got soaked into that place and how to facilitate and give ahas and help people walk away with action items and, um, and then giants tools and all of that uh, just began coming along and adding to it um, to, to such a point where uh, I feel like I I just doubled down on that space, that energy um, and, and, because I think I was in such a better place and gaining the energy from it too. I felt like the ripple effect of my impact was uh, beginning to actually work in the ways that I care about as well. Um, Like I was actually seeing transformation in the ways that I really look for. Um, So for a hundred, that was, that was massive for me. And then this last year, the, the X portion last year and a half, two years, maybe the X portion has really, taking place. It was like, I feel like my business, the way I operated need to be in such a place that it was even replicable in the first place or worth replicating without, you know, just kind of pushing people over a cliff. Um, and it's been really fun to bring people along and, uh, and I've got a handful of folks that I'm pretty tight with now that we're beginning to elevate them in different roles within the organizations that we serve. And I feel like the, the X component was, sitting there calling to me. Uh, but there was a real, uh, I just wanted to make sure that it was a healthy thing to bring people into. And I think we're building the plane in the air, but it's, but I, but I can do it now in a healthy way that can be good for people as opposed to just take this giant risk with me and hope it works. So. That's good. That's great, Landon. Um, I guess we know you work with a number of sort of different sizes of organizations, but I guess just explain a little bit about what are you seeing from the inside? What is it organizations you think they need to do if they're really going to maximize the growth and the health of the performance of their people? I'd say the, the two words I've come away with, um, especially even this week, it's gotten reinforced for me. Uh, but to be explicit about building a culture of curiosity, uh, because uh, there, I, I work with um, some some QSR organizations, quick serve restaurants, and the capability for us to 
gathered data now is, I mean, it's unbelievable. And the leaps and bounds that data and our ability to gather it in the last, you know, even just few years has advanced around our customer, around exactly what our employees are doing at every given stage of their shift and every day. Um, all of that has has increased dramatically. And I think the thing that has become inserted that we've got to be really mindful of uh, is that the data ends up being the last word instead of the first word in the conversation when we're trying to figure out what what does it really mean to move forward, to increase performance, to create. But if we don't start curious, we don't allow data to begin the core process for us as opposed to be the answer. And then we get to skip the core process because we have the data. Um, it's uh, it's been it's been really significant to see the amount of uh, kind of blood in the water a lot of times when we don't start curious, right? Um, for Ted Lasso fans, so, curious instead of judgmental. So uh, question, Landon, on that, explain it. Because you work with private equity groups mm-hmm. who have owned QSR restaurants, Correct. right? So you're working with them, which they're very data-driven, very production performance oriented. So give, go a little deeper and explain what you're meaning. Um, who, those who haven't watched Ted last. <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the, one of the things that can get in the way for, you know, for private equity is, I mean, they're unbelievably capable when it comes to pulling every little scrap of data about the organizations because they have to manage an entire portfolio at some point you have to be like expeditious with your time and your energy so i think that's that's just a practical outcome for them um and i think most of the folks if you get them aside they would just acknowledge that it doesn't uh it's it's frustrating how often the data doesn't reflect the reality in the management team um so it's a good uh even just to help them say uh, hey, what are the most helpful questions that the data is prompting us to ask, as opposed to what is the data telling us? Like it's a nuance, but allowing data to drive us to curiosity and then saying, what does it feel like on the other side of me when I show up curious, as opposed to already having a judgment or um, you know that kind of final statement in my mind? And then that's been the big leaping point with individuals is going, you think you're showing up curious, like I'm going to go take a straw poll real quick. And, and then, and then, Oh, actually nobody's perceiving that you're showing up curious. And so you're actually shutting down the very feedback loop that you need to get the data that you care so much about because people perceive you as already having made your decision or already having the conclusions that you need. So they don't give you feedback. Okay. Being a connector here, I'm going to, I'm translating for the creator. Please. That was a big aha right there. No, it was so good. So what you're saying is basically everyone loves data to talk about data, but they're typically using it and they've already decided the judgments on the data once they receive it versus using it as a starting point Mm -hmm. for deeper conversations for a feedback loop. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, Now, let me make sure, Steve, Pioneer, did you you hear that? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean that made no. I didn't know what he was talking about, but that was really helpful. Um, but here's the thing: where where we have creatives, we ask clarifying questions because if they're excited, there is gold in there. 
you just have to keep asking until it comes out. But I go, oh, well, so here's a, a, a next question. Sorry, I was thoroughly there. confusing yeah. in, that, in that response. That's right, that <laughs> it's a great, great illustration of the voices. We're helping you by being people. So, so if, what practical tools are you giving? Because I'm thinking if you've got, you know, people who are delivering in fast food, restaurants, whatever, is the data's telling them this, but you're saying let the data be the start point. What are you adding in that's practical then? that's actually from your perfect perspective going, the data's the start point, but the ahas and the breakthroughs come because we want to end up with people. Mm. Well, give us something practical that you're doing in your in that world, because everyone's familiar with that restaurant world. We're kind of thinking, how do you do that when people are only there for X hours and they're usually pretty busy? Yeah. I think the, the two giant tools that we leverage all the time right now are communication code and core process. So communication code, walking in and saying, all right, we're, we're going to make a team commitment to clarify first, which you all just did for me. Thank you. Right. But we're going to make a, a team commitment where we're going to say uh, the first part of our meeting after we do a little bit of uh, care and celebration, right? Because they're notoriously bad at intentional celebration. Mm -hmm. So we're going to check those boxes so we don't miss them. But then we're going to jump into clarifying. Uh, because our we recognize that our cultural default has been to making judgments and then creating sides within any given issue, which then we just get into these critique battles that haven't been helpful. So we're going to start with clarification. Um, and so it's just been this like rallying cry. We clarify first. Um, we are going to care the most about being effective as opposed to being right. And um and do we actually care about that? And is that how I'm perceived? So we use communication code to kind of unearth and make this kind of group commitment. Um, but then unpacking core process has been massive and saying uh, the data is literally the first step of the process. So a first, first of four parts. So tell me what the data is. And then we'll have a conversation about own it, which is what does the data mean? And so we'll, we'll unpack that and dive into that together. And then our clarification process is about identifying the most appropriate response um, and identifying, well, you think the data means that. I wonder if we might be missing these other couple of points. And so that's where clarification really enhances uh, a team's use of the core process. So helping people, helping teams get smarter really is getting them to uh, make sure they stay open and curious and they go deeper than their inclination to judge off the first data point. Love it. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And training teams to do that. Yep. Giving them reps and, and telling them like, it makes sense that you're not doing this naturally, right? Like giving them permission. So it's not, you're a horrible manager. It's, you know, you're short on time. It makes sense that you would skip some steps, but might you be wasting actually a lot more time because you have to circle back and have the conversation four and five times because you skipped a few steps in the process. Like might be honoring everybody's time that much more if we just honored the process from the outset. So good. I think that's the beauty I love about what, what the tools, the tools do the heavy lifting, but the tools are part of our process. You can use tools for lots of different uh, things. And then this is a great example because we're not, we're not forcing them to speak our language in an awkward way. They're speaking their language using our tools to make it more effective mm -hmm. and more effective in their, their ways. Love it. Okay, dude. So last question is, uh, what's something you believe people need to know 
but they're not spending enough time thinking about. And it it might be what you just said. Uh, But is there something else in addition to that that you think just the creative mind of Landon Lynch, that organizations, that teams, people who are listening to this, they they need to spend more time on? Yeah, the, the things that came to mind right away are and this is this is the great thing about integrating the X portion within my own business and life is that I get to I get to see kind of uh, some of the things that feel obvious to me or that I'm thinking about all the time are just flatly not where everybody else's mind is not for good or for ill but just recognizing um, don't make the assumption <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I, I realized really quickly was that. Uh, there's a lot of us, I think, that haven't really delved into being comfortable with the core process um, to where we could explain it. Um, and I think there's some confusion initially when I introduce the core process. Whoa, 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 what's the call it part and the own it part? And then when we get pressed as consultants, I think a lot of times we recognize like, I don't know if I'm really that comfortable or confident with this um, myself if people don't just kind of so- dive in, you know. So teach, teach it to everyone who's listening, okay? So let's go through a, a core process today. So one of the things that I've done is I kind of created an addendum tool. So I, I show the tool, the Know Yourself to Lead Yourself tool, and then the follow-on tool spells out, call it is XYZ, own it is XYZ. So like that's the one I always kind of send to all of my groups ahead of time as we're going to look through it together. Um, and so it's what's the learning opportunity is call it. So what's the aha, what's the, the nudge, what's the, you know, discomfort, like, let's just try to name that for what it is. But then the, the, especially in some of these areas, what's the data say, right? So we got a, we got a daily labor report and it says we were over by X amount. That's just call it what it is. Um, And that doesn't have to come with judgment. So nobody has to get defensive and try to, right. We're just getting used to doing that. And then there's own it, um, which is, why does that happen? What does it mean? Um, what does the data mean? And so there's the why piece, but the why I, I recognize started turning into the finger pointing a little bit. And so I had to caveat it and say, what, what do we think? What do we think is the significance of what we're seeing right now? And, oh, actually it was because of inclement weather. It was actually because of a whole slew of factors. So what are the things that we can actually solve for there? Um, in response, I've really tried to hone in on what's the one highest leverage action that you could do to to help make the the data different next time because we're so data focused, um, which I, I really want people to begin thinking strategy with response. Um, and so that's why I inserted that language around highest leverage. And then the execute piece is when are you going to do it? And how are you going to know you were successful? So like, let's talk about what we're all looking for here to know whether or not the needle actually moved in the process. Um, and I think working through that process again and again with folks has helped take some of the obscurity of the process and make it very trackable and tangible to create that next data aha, because data so drives uh, so many like responses for these folks that I'm working with. That's brilliant. Love it. Thanks, Landon. Any, any thoughts there, bro? No, I am, I've learned things today, which is great. I know some of you have been waiting for that for a long time, but uh, 
fascinating whenever we have somebody working in a particular sphere or a particular sector of the economy, how in senses the tools still work, but you usually need a skilled guide like you to help apply them in the appropriate way to the context where obviously data is such a massive part in that industry. I'd, I'd never thought of it that way before, but that's really helpful, Landon. Thanks for sharing. Of course, it's great. And, and not only that, what's so fun working with Landon and watching him is he's been able to quantify metrics and help people like to the point you just made about data and understanding it. Uh, this the, the tendency of private equity is to be consumed with data, but how's that working for you? And the disconnect sometimes of the ivory tower to the realities of in the field. And, you know, I worked in that space for a long time and uh, I saw it for uh, all continually uh, in my own, my own world, but I'm so proud of you, dude, and excited about how you've taken things and made it more tangible. And uh, I just think it's, it's such a great way to, it, it, all the giants listening, it's a great way to understand your sector and then take and back into the tools and, and really create bridges uh, to make sure you're speaking the language of the industry. So kudos, man. Well, um, any, any last thoughts landed before we go? Well, I, uh, not to open up a whole other can of worms because <laughs> we could probably jump on for another hour together unpacking this, but I think one of the, untapped resources within the core process if you really want it to get traction as well i think the data is a big piece but to teach people how to like leverage that process to instigate leading up conversations um so hey i don't know how to have this uh, crucial conversation with my superior or somebody who constantly comes at me and asks me and all of a sudden you just walk through that core process and use that as a model because so many people are so reactionary so using that as a way to plan uh, crucial conversations is I think another just leverage point um, that can help kind of get it into the water system you know in an organization but I think it's been it's been so helpful uh, as a guide. So I'm grateful to have that in our quiver. Absolutely. And that's one of our tools and it's a powerful one that we try to end most of meetings with. So I love that you, you brought that back up. So. Well, Landon, thanks for being with us, brother. Yeah. We, we Thank look you. Forward to thanks for including time, me. Man. It's a lot of fun. All right, bud. We'll, we'll talk later. Uh, isn't that fun? Just a, yeah. the ingenuity of guides. And that's mm-hmm. one of our values at Giant. You know, we have uh, our core set of values um, is, is basically self-awareness, heroic goals, ingenuity, and love. And ingenuity is Landon Lynch, but to take that and tailor it. Mm-hmm. But what's so fun is I've worked with some of his accounts. I've been with him and to watch them like, it's almost like raising up their leadership acumen. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had a leadership level that was almost base management but they're leading and they're thinking higher and, and better. And he's being the Sherpa for that. And uh, it's just phenomenal. It's so fun. Okay. Uh, last words, steve what do you got, man? Last words. I think, um, I think listening to Landon, the experiences this week, again, we often say that giant, it works. And I just, I just feel that actually I've had a couple of people this week who've been on coaching certifications or a lot of people in the room yesterday who'd done HR forever. They just said nothing works like these tools. And they actually realized there was nothing worked because they were visual tools. <laughs> and I think that's the thing we kind of take for granted, that actually we've created a leader's toolkit 
for the for the world that is. And what I love about it is Landon's describing how we're not just working with the elite executives of the world. These are people serving food in restaurants. I'm working with people that are fixing pipes for water. And actually, it's the simplicity without becoming simplistic. And I think that's came to me yesterday in the feedback. People just saying, this has felt more profound than any, you know, they went through all the different things they'd done before, days and days and days of this stuff. So nothing has been like this because this has felt like we can take this home with us. And I was like, I was really proud, you know, in the sense of, you know, we said, if we're going to build a movement of liberation, it isn't just because the most expensive and the most highly paid leaders get it. It's got to be something that everyone can use and everyone can play with. Um, and I see that every day and I know you do too. So yeah, I mean, I'm celebrating us and celebrating the creativity and that kind of constant refrain, uh, what we've created works. It really does create change in people's lives, in ordinary people's lives. And uh, my last word, I agree with that. Um, mine is um, really uh, encouraged on Landon's talk on the communication code. And, um, you know, we're writing that book right now, for those who don't know. And I've got a writing day all day tomorrow. And so I'm gearing up for it because I need to make a lot of ground. You know, I'm trying to get mm. five, 6,000 words written. And uh, it just was, that was just inspirational to hear that from Landon and just the stories. Um, whenever we write something like this week, I, I probably received three or four um, comments from people who read the peace index and have major breakthroughs with a spouse or a daughter in this case. And, it, you know, just the work that you do, the tools work. And, and so it's just, it is, it's rewarding. It's fun. We're not trying to celebrate ourselves as we say that. We actually say it as like, guys, this is the vision, raising up mm -hmm. liberators in every city and sector. And it's working, right? And uh, so that's really rewarding. And so for those of you who are listening, thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for either if you're a guide, just we want to celebrate you. Thanks for doing the hard work. Thanks for jumping in and believing in the vision. Those who are catalysts, thanks for the starting the journey with us. And those who maybe are exploring, you can check out more at giantworldwide.com. Uh, as always, it will kind of explain who we are and what we do. But uh, that's it. We wish you all well. We will see you next time on the Giant Leadership Podcast. Take care. If you're looking for a speaker for your next event, whether live or remote, Jeremy Kubitschek speaks to audiences all over the world. Jeremy is a best-selling author, international speaker, and co-founder of Giant Worldwide. He has started over 20 companies while living in Oklahoma City, Moscow, Atlanta, and London. Whether you're looking to impact your executive team, your entire organization, or if you're hosting a public event, go to jeremykubitschek.com to learn more.